Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let's take a moment of praying. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. We just thank you for that you're a good God, Lord, and that you show us only goodness, Lord, and that you never do anything that harms us, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for your correction, Lord, so that way we can walk in the right path, Lord, and not perish. And that you continually warn us of the things that are going to come and all the temptations, Lord, and you provide a way of escape. And Lord, we also just thank you for those around us and those who we see daily, Lord, and those whom we don't see, Lord. And that you continue to show yourself faithful to them daily, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion and study in the Word and in the Book of Acts. Um, mm-hmm. I'd just like to thank everyone for joining us and especially our partners, those that have contributed and continue to contribute to building the Lord's house and ensuring that the gospel is preached throughout the four corners of the earth. Thank you for being a blessing and for all the things that the Lord is leading you to do that help this ministry function and accomplish what the Lord has assigned to us. And and by us, I mean you as well. So thank you. But let's get into the word, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We are still discussing Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 31. Um, so at this time, uh, I would ask that you probably pause this and look at that section of scripture and read it for yourselves because that's what we're going to discuss. Okay? Amen. All right. Amen, amen. And now. I want to open up the floor and give everyone the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking <laughs> to you, all right, and ask any yes. questions that you have. So, who'd like to begin? Yeah, I just wanted to segue us in because I think LaCharles still had more that he had to, to share, but just from our last um, episode, we were talking about the, um, the irony of the persecution of those that were in alignment with um, Saul Yes. Um, and he was in alignment with them to persecute, but now he finds himself on the opposite side of that. Just in a practical standpoint, this isn't in Scripture. I'm not trying to say it is, but, you know, just think about if you're sitting in a dark room and somebody comes in and turns on the lights. It, it, it hurts your eyes a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. We, we are light bearers. Weird. And we should not exactly. be surprised that we, we make people uncomfortable, that they feel that, that they uh, want to repel us, that they want to reject us. And it's only the prompting of the Holy Spirit that guides anyone. Uh, to Christ. So we just, you just, like I said, from a practical standpoint, just think about that, that we just really shouldn't be surprised when we face that resistance, even if it's not overt persecution, but just any kind of resistance from people because they're living in darkness and we come in with the light and, um, you know, just no different than Moses when he came down off the mountain, the, the Shekinah glory, as it said, you know, that they said, put a veil on your face, dude. It's just too much, right? So <laughs> yes. just something to think about. Amen. Goes exactly what John said, right? In first John, he's like, but the, the darkness didn't could not comprehend the light. And, and it. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, that's, we see that throughout that pattern, all the way back, like you were saying, Dean, with Moses, 
Mm-hmm. And what I'd like to keep in mind is, you know, sometimes because we don't like we don't like pain or we don't like um, discomfort or inconvenience. We want to shy away from it. But while those, you know, you, that room, that dark room reference that you made, Dean, um, while there are people sitting in the dark room that hate the light when it comes on, there is at least one who said, thank God, I've been waiting for the light to come on. And we have to remember that about our God. He is concerned about all of us, but he's willing to go for the one. He's willing to come for just one person. If it was just one person that would have said, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus would not have shied away from anything that he endured in his earthly ministry, anything that he endured in the, in the um, persecution, the suffering that he went through for us to provide salvation, even if it was only one person who had ever accepted him. So while there may be a hundred that say, no, we hate the light and try to knock it out and you know have their pitchforks and torches, there's one that would say yes. So while we are being sent, while the adversary is doing what he does and we don't even, you know, he's not worth our time because he's already defeated. He's not worth our, our being concerned about him and that way we deal with him and we move on. But we also have to remember there is that one and it reminds me of when you said that, Dean, it reminded me of Second Corinthians chapter 2. It says, uh, verse 14, now thanks be to God who always leads us in, a, in triumph in Christ mm-hmm. and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? So if we have to fend off, you know, a couple of folks who are, you know, trying to run us down, trying to get their, their knives and their pitchforks out, trying to put the light out. We still are accountable to bring the light for the ones who are looking for it. The ones who needed it, who said, aha, I knew that I was in the dark. I didn't know what the, where the light switch was. I didn't know what the change was, but now I see, now I can find him. Thank you. And they will have their, op, you know, be redeemed and go on and serve the Lord. So that's just what that made me think of. Charles, what else you got? Um, okay, and then also when you looked at it, I found it another thing I found interesting. It said in verse 20 that he immediately began preaching. There wasn't a time that he sat down and was staring around at everybody, but he instantly put into practice what he had received. And I found that interesting and how when we think of it, most times when uh, people get saved, they tend to just sit there and let people who may be a little more mature do all the talking and saving. Then they eventually get up. But the Lord was showing me that he wants us to instantly go and do the wor- Lord's work. It's just as disobedient if you're going the opposite direction or you're sitting in the path. <laughs> There's obedience is moving with God. It doesn't matter if you're in the path sitting down or mm-hmm. you're running down the opposite street. It's still <laughs> wrong. Still disobedience because... He wants us to instantly show the light. It's not, okay, Lord, I just got saved. I got a little line. We snuff it out. We'll quick put it under a bowl and let's do something else for a while. That's not how it works. Amen. Mm-hmm. The Lord, what's our obedience? Whatever he's asking us to do, be willing. If you yes. are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land, that scripture says. So do, do both. And there is no standing still. In, yes. in the kingdom, in the spiritual realm, there is no standing still. Either you're moving forward towards God or you're moving backwards. And by yes. that, you mean away from him. Absolutely. 
Let's just make that make that clear for all of us and and for the listeners. Mm-hmm. I love to think of that like a tree or any plant. It's either growing or dying. There is no in between. Mm-hmm. The moment it stops growing is the minute it starts dying. Absolutely. Amen. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else? Um. Also, I just had that and it popped out real quick. Well, while oh. you're while you're oh you got your thought yes and then okay. also go ahead then also when you looked at it, i found it interesting was that with paul when he started to preach it said he didn't take a while and start to wean himself off his bad habits it was an instantaneous chain it wasn't lord i'm a half beat this man to death so then will steadily progress so I'm not beating anybody. No, he changed his actions instantly. <laughs> okay. And, and you're only witnessing? He didn't He didn't yes. wean himself off the violence. It was that he was delivered instantly and he turned. He actually repented. Yes. Amen. So, right. I was going to say, so what does repent mean? To do a 180 and go in the opposite direction. Okay, yes. It is a pictorial. It is literally to turn. But it, it doesn't always mean opposite direction because opposite can still be wrong. It means for the scriptural purpose, it means to go towards Christ. When exactly. we talk about repenting, yes. it means go towards Christ. So you, um, turn you, from whatever you're doing that mm-hmm. is contrary to him and turn to him. Exactly. Yes. A, a 180 from what you were doing that was in opposition towards Christ immediately. Not gradually. That would not be a 180, right? Or take another wrong way. That doesn't <laughs> right, exactly. Either. So... So there is an immediateness to this, right? But you yes. see that with throughout the entirety of Scripture. All the people that the Lord used, they immediately picked up and ran with what the Lord had for them. Um, in a similar manner, I was reminded of uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, but especially Ezekiel, right? In chapter 3, um, it begins, he's told to eat the scroll, right? But it says, uh, and this is, Jeremiah, oh, sorry, Ezekiel 3, verse 3. He says, uh, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with the scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. Right? But then he's given his instructions. Then he, that's the Lord, said to, said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my with my words to them. For you were not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech or, and of hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language, whose words you cannot understand, but surely I, had I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the house of Israel will not listen to you because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Right? But he was still sent to them. So as we were talking about this, this role, right? And, and our role in being led and guided by the Holy Spirit, and I'll say the destiny track that the Lord gives us, regardless of what it looks like or the degree of difficulty. I mean, with Paul or Saul, right? He's not yet Paul. Um, he was literally told how much he must suffer for the Lord. That was, that was the initial words to him following his conversion, Right? when the Lord sent Ananias to speak with him. So yes, we see that being fulfilled, but we see that being fulfilled everywhere. It does not take away, if you will, and by it, I mean the degree of difficulty and how much is required 
of you, and that's between you and the Lord, whatever the task, assignment, the destiny track that he's given for you and for your life, does not take away from our role and our, uh, we must be obedient to it. I'll say it in that way. What's required of us, that we have to follow through, regardless of if they reject it or if they receive it or anything else. We still have to fulfill what the Lord and, and accomplish what the Lord has given us to do. So as you're in that, it's funny, in my quiet time this morning, the word decide came up. Okay. And the, the meditation I was listening to was talking about um, the word for decide. And, um, but it, it wasn't uh, making reference to a specific scripture, so I didn't go to the uh, interlinear. <laughs> okay. But I just pulled it up, and um, just interesting. Um, so it's, it's, it actually comes from a Latin word, decidre. To cut off. Mm -hmm. So we think about it in that regard and in relationship to repent, right? Right. So we we make a decision. Absolutely. To cut off, to completely sever the old way as we turn to the new way. We make a decision Mm -hmm. as a level of resolution as to not revisit it again. Now, obviously, Mm -hmm. there are times we make decisions that do have ability to, to resend those decisions and look at them from a different perspective. But in, re, in relationship to this, Charles, this was a, it is a true 180, you know, and I don't think just my, my personal opinion, again, can't support this with scripture, but I don't think there was anybody in, in physical form that was more equipped to have such an immediate recognition of who Christ was, right? Once, once he had that encounter on the Damascus road with his upbringing and to make that decision I, 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 you know, although we, we know it took a period of time for him to mm-hmm. do it, but to bring all the scriptures forward, and we see that in all the epistles that he wrote, right? The depth and level of understanding of what the Old Testament meant, as much as he had studied that, man, what, what a resolute decision and what a repentance he would have had. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and to let go of the fleshly side of it, to you know. Cut it off. Exactly. Knowledge puffs up, you know, the notoriety, the the being welcomed into the crowd as you pointed out he was a part of the the popular crowd of let's kill everybody you know if they don't do what we want and there's there's a sense of power gained from that and all kinds of things but to go i see the greater power it knocked me off my proverbial high horse exactly (laughs) put me on my honey (laughs) exactly exactly and spoke to the soul of him the heart of him that caused him to have such a, a dynamic change where he was, as you said, Dean, uh, cut off the end of the like, decision. When you look at the end of the word, decision is akin to incision or like a cutting and also dividing. So I can understand that um, that word breakdown. God is faithful. He's always faithful. And, you know, even in that, Saul still had a choice. He could have hardened his heart and said, I see you but I'm not going. He could have done that, but I'm thankful to the Lord that he didn't. And I'm thankful that God knows how to reach each one of us to help us um, find the right way with him. And even the, you know, like Dean, you reference sometimes how you have to unlearn an entire lifetime of what you've already learned and how, um, how that has impacted you. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, in our in-between podcast, we talk about, you know, just the journeys that we've had with the Lord and keep bringing those things before God. Like, I thought I understood this before, but 
no, you're saying no, God, that's not it. And so, or there's more. <laughs> some for me, most of the stuff, like what I learned in my uh, my time away from Christ, all of that kind of envir- imp- environmental impact and education, ninety nine point nine 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 infinite decimal <laughs> percent of that was wrong. Had to be thrown out. What I got out of what I did learn was Jesus get saved. I did get that in that upbringing, but what I learned about God, it was all mishandled. So having God to put it right and go, no, this is what my scripture means and et cetera, you know, all of that kind of, and give counsel and wisdom and guidance and revelation about his word. It is, it takes time, but it is refreshing when it, when it finishes its course, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness. But what I was thinking about with him was that his language started to become more like Christ. You remember like when you watch Jesus through the, the gospels and you hear him talking, how he spoke scripture and then rightly applied it. Mm-hmm. And it was a part of his language. It was ingrained in the language of Jesus Christ, not necessarily a, um, here's Matthew chapter 10, verse five. You know what I mean? It was just ingrained in his language and it was a part of him and it came out of him. And I see the same things happening in Saul as he, you know, as we read through the epistles, that same kind of language that Christ had, where he spoke the word, he not only articulated, didn't your prophet say this, Isaiah said this, et cetera, et cetera, but it was everything that he said was word, not just because he's a word of God, but because that's Mm -hmm. who he is. It was coming out of his mouth, speaking the principles and the concepts of the father, God, the heart of God, that was his daily language. And as Saul spent time with him, letting God renew who he was, that was coming out of him as well. And so that's an exciting thing for us to look forward to Mm -hmm. as we walk closer with him, as we decide and that, that life decision to be his and no one else's in the way of our loyalty to Christ and our submission and subjection to his Lordship, that we become his and he comes through us in that way that it's just a part of our language. I don't have to tell you that I'm talking about Revelations chapter four, verse one. I'm speaking to you the concepts, the principles of our God, this princi- the principles in his word that's brought forth there. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of me. It's a part of my language, not just me quoting scripture to you. Exactly. And, and of course, it has to be worked out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, clearly didn't happen with Paul overnight. But it right? started with the decision. It, it always starts with a choice. Mm-hmm. And then continued choices. Mm-hmm. Every moment of every day is a choice to go deeper with the Lord, to walk, or to to remove another aspect of our flesh as it's re- as the Holy Spirit reveals it, so we can look more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Go one step further, exactly, and continue to make those steps. Right, and Paul even writes about it in some of his other letters or epistles. How he says, "The very thing I don't want to do, I end up doing it." Right, but then he mm-hmm. also talks about. Hey, we have these weapons that the Lord gave us to bring every thought captive, to bring it under subjection, right? To submit to God, to resist the devil, so that the devil will flee from you. Mm-hmm. So he's, and he even says that he's working out, and we need to work out our own soul salvation. I can't make the choices and decisions for you, no more than you can make the choices and decisions for me. Mm-hmm. But we each must do this for ourselves in the Lord. And that is all, I'll say, person-dependent. How deep do you want to go as in your relationship with the Lord? Mm -hmm. And Christ won't decide for you. 
Nope. I mean, his decision has already been for you to be a part of him and a a permanent part of him. He's already done what his, his role is. He's already died and been raised again. Because he's loved us from everlasting to everlasting. Oh, amen. So That's beautiful. <laughs> well, that's the Lord's words, right? So, amen. But that's why. So because of that, he's extended us grace, which we receive by faith mm-hmm. and his mercy and, and all these amazing things from him just by seeking the Lord. So what will you choose? All right? Will we choose to repent? And to go deeper with the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right, well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. We thank you for the light of your word, God, that it brings us life, Lord, and that it draws us closer to you. God, we thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord. We thank you for the other ambassadors that you have in your name, Lord, that are preaching the gospel and sharing in the work, God, mm-hmm. that are being used by you to draw more into your kingdom, Lord, out of the hand of the adversary and bringing them into your kingdom, Lord, where they find true joy and fulfillment and sustainment, God, because you're the only one that could provide it. Lord, we thank you for this time together, Lord, and your blessing upon it, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select partner. Complete the form and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.